Wednesday morning and Locked On Syracuse is back and better than ever. First of all, Jay Wright retires from Villanova and just one day later hints at potentially an NBA job down the road. Begs the question, how would Syracuse's Hall of Fame coach do in the NBA ranks? Plus, the NFL draft is just one day away, people. What does it mean for Syracuse? What does it mean for Syracuse fans? We continue our NFL draft preview through the orange lens. We'll cap off the show with name, image, and likeness. Every day, there are more questions that arise. I'm here to answer them right here on Locked On Syracuse. Let's go. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right, people. Brad Klein, the voice of the people, host of Locked On Syracuse, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm happy because I'm back. And... Big shout-out to Candace Cooper for the crossover episode on Tuesday, Locked On ACC and Locked On Syracuse, doing what we do best, and really appreciate the opportunity to hop on her program, talk a little bit about what we're doing here and what we're building here, because what we're building, it's special, people. It's special. And I know there are going to be more people that hop on the bandwagon. And, and look, I grew up in New Jersey, and I guess you can say the wrong part of the tracks, if you will. And what I mean by that is I chose wrong. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Nets fan, yes. Thank you. I appreciate the sympathy. I'm a Jets fan. And then I'm a Syracuse fan lifelong. So I know what it means to be a bandwagoner. A lot of my friends are Yankee fans and They became Yankee fans in 2009. Okay. Typically, I'm anti-bandwagon, but here, I'll make an exception because it's going to be special. Again, we've got a lot to get to here on this hump day, Wednesday morning. Jay Wright retires, and we're going to talk about his next move potentially and just play some fantasy basketball for a second. The NFL draft just one day away, and NIL another wrinkle in the complication of name, image, and likeness. But let's start with Jay Wright. Jay Wright Hall of Famer, Jay Wright 60-year-old, Jay Wright two-time national champion, Jay Wright Villanova legend, retires. Very, very surprising. Why? Well, a couple reasons. One, he's very young. For 60 to retire like that, top of the game, Did a great job. I think he could have been coach of the year. Did a great job with Villanova. Injuries plagued the end of their season and the end of their tournament run, but that happens. That's not Jay Wright's fault. And he never really showed any signs of being fatigued, being out of it, being outcoached in any way. He could have gone for another 10, 15 more years. He could have pulled a Jim Boeheim. Why not? And the other thing is, he hasn't been at Villanova that long. So it's not like he's got that fatigue of any sort, or you would think. Clearly he did. But a guy who pulled himself up from Hofstra and eventually made his way to big-time college basketball. And the, the cool thing about Jay Wright is that Villanova wasn't a 
an immense program when he got it. It was a very good program, don't get me wrong, but he made it what it is today. He got there in 2001 straight from Hofstra after a seven-year stint and hanging it up. I see a lot of Jim Beheim in Jay Ryan. Now, maybe it should be the other way around. I see a lot of Jay Wright in Jim Beheim, who's older, whatever. The reason is because they completely made their programs what they are today. Syracuse was less established than Villanova, but then again, so was every program when Jim Beheim took the Syracuse job at the dawn of time. But I digress. So, okay. Jay Wright hints at potentially coaching in the NBA. And that shouldn't come as a huge surprise, and yet it does. The reason it shouldn't come as a surprise is because there's been NBA interest in Jay Wright before. But he hasn't done anything about it. Because he was at Villanova. Because he was the guy at Villanova. For whatever reason, it's not for him anymore. That's okay. And I think it's a good fit. I think he should try it if he wants to. 60's pretty young to retire in coaching. So go ahead. Begs the question, how would Jim Beheim do in the NBA? And I don't know. I, 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 I know how I feel about it. I think a lot of people might think, well, he'd do badly because the 2-3 zone wouldn't work with NBA rules, 3 in the key, whatever. It's not even the zone. Jim Beheim didn't spend spent most of his career at Syracuse not playing the zone, playing man. He knows what man defense is. He's won gold medals playing man defense. Yeah, the zone is his big thing, but it's not his only thing. I don't think he would do well in the NBA for a different reason. Because Jim Beheim has a certain style. And that style just doesn't work in the NBA. Let me explain. If you do something poorly... Ask Samir Torrance what happens. Ask Frank Anselm what happens. Ask Tyler Roberson what happens. If you do something poorly, you will be pulled from the game. And you're going to be pulled from the game with one of those famous Jim Beheim smiles, grimaces, and a pointer finger waggle. Come here. Sit down. That doesn't work in the NBA. What are you going to do? What are you, what are you going to do? If Kyrie Irving misses a jump shot and doesn't run down the floor to cover on defense, instead jogs or speed walks. If he's not hustling while making 30 million dollars a year, is Jim Beheim going to say, "Hey, Kyrie, come here. Come here. Sit down." No. He's not he can't. If he did, then Jim Beheim would be fired because you need to play your stars and you need to respect your stars. And think about what the job description is of an NBA coach right now. Now, I'm not saying that this is right. I'm saying that it's a fact. Think about Steve Nash for a second. Steve Nash, if you ask me, is not an NBA head coach. He's an NBA head babysitter. And that's not even an indictment on Steve Nash. It might sound insulting. It might be inadvertently insulting. But I don't think so. I think Steve Nash is a former... I know Steve Nash is a former player. He's a former MVP. He knows what it is to be a star. And the Nets realized, okay, Kyrie Irving is a smart player. Kevin Durant's a smart player. 
we need a guy like Steve Nash who knows how important it is for guys to get out of Star's way, get on the ball, win games. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying it's wrong because look at what happened to the Nets, but Steve Nash still got the job. And I don't think people, GMs, executives, owners are going to be looking the other way for a very long time. You need more than one net sweep to change a trend in basketball, especially in the NBA. Frank Vogel, good coach, but he was not brought in to coach. He was brought in to be LeBron's guy. Tyron Lue has had that job. That's why no one wants the Lakers job right now. Because if you're a coach, you want to coach. Jim Beheim would not last there. Jim Beheim is a very strong personality. Jim Beheim would never let one of his players dominate the locker room. Jim Beheim is a team guy, and that's what makes him so great. That's what makes him a Hall of Famer, but it's also what makes him a college coach. And there's obviously nothing wrong with that. He's a Hall of Famer. But that does put a cap on where he can coach, I believe. Now, this is the time of the year that I pretty much have given up on all my New Year's resolutions. Not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% Real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Oh, so good. And these are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, usually you've got 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond is my favorite, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, new flavors, they're coming out each month, and every time I check the website, I see a new flavor. I'm excited. And if they think a flavor might be good, they're just going to make it. It's going to be delicious, it'll be good for you, they're going to figure out how to make it healthy later. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. All about the offers. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, also, got to remind you that it's just one day away, people. NFL Draft, and thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Big announcement coming. For the first time ever, Locked On is is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from your local team, from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as your our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. 
It all starts on Thursday, April 28th, 7 o'clock, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. Very exciting time for football fans in college and in the pros. A lot of crossover, obviously. But there hasn't been that much crossover for Syracuse in the NFL draft recently, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And all credit goes to Brent Dax on this one. Syracuse.com, ESPN Syracuse. I respect the heck out of that guy. Full disclosure, he was one of my professors when I was at Syracuse back in the day. And he does a great job. So Brent Ax writes a column pointing out the offensive drought that Syracuse has experienced in the NFL draft. And you should go check it out. It's great. But here are some of the takeaways. Here are some of the facts. Cold, hard facts. The last offensive skill position player drafted was Ryan Nassib in the fourth round of the 2014 NFL Draft to the Giants. Last offensive player taken in the first round period, also 2013, offensive lineman Justin Pugh went to the Cardinals 19th overall. There has not been a running back drafted since 2011. Zero wide receivers or running backs or quarterbacks drafted since 2016. That's the Dino Babers era beginning. Okay. What does this mean? Well, it means that Syracuse on offense is not respected in the pros. And by the way, Rob Conrad was the last offensive skill position player drafted. Rob Conrad. I should say taken in the first three rounds. It's Rob Conrad Miami Dolphins, second round of the 99 draft. Okay, so this is a big problem for Syracuse. Now, the good news is the solution to, at least statistically, is coming very soon. Sean Tucker is going to be drafted, and he's going to be drafted pretty early. I think he has a chance to be around one pick. He has to really go off this year, and... If he, if he gets even the slightest injury, then I think his round one hopes are, are done. But if he plays well, if he continues to be amongst the league leaders in rushing, and if Syracuse wins a few games, then why not? He's got everything that you would want. He's a bowling ball. He's fast. He's probably a round two pick, but why not Sean Tucker? After Sean Tucker, who is there? There's no one. There's no one waiting in the ranks as a running back. And look, I understand who Syracuse is, what they are, and who they're not. Alabama, when they when they have a guy going to the NFL draft, they know that they have their third string as a true freshman or a guy who redshirted last year. He's likely the next guy because of where he was recruited, five stars, he's going to be this great player, and they know it before he plays. Obviously, Sean Tucker was not like that. That's okay. But Syracuse doesn't have anyone like that. Garrett Schrader ain't going to the NFL. And uh, we don't know what Justin Lampson is. He hasn't played a lick. The wide receiver room is pretty bad. And there's... (laughs) I think their best chance at an NFL wide receiver was Taj Harris, and uh, he transferred midseason, if you remember. 
Don't forget, Dino Babers, when he came in, a former cornerback at the University of Hawaii, but he, he did come in branded as an offensive coach, and he had the mindset, Orange is the new fast. Orange is the new fast. We're going to outrun the defense, very little huddles, quick release for the quarterback. Orange is the new fast. Hasn't really worked, obviously. And Babers has acknowledged that. Babers said, hey, well, when I came in trying to say, hey, Orange is the new fast, I did it because I didn't think the defenses would be ready for it. But now everyone is trying to push the tempo. Everyone is trying to get the most plays off as possible. It's analytics. And that's not cutting edge anymore. It hasn't been cutting edge for a long time. You can make the argument based on results that it wasn't cutting edge in 2017. They didn't win that many games. 2016. Whatever. I would say the orange as the new fast system does not lend itself extremely well to quarterbacks. Running backs, at the end of the day, if you can run, you can run. I think it's pretty wild that they haven't had a running back drafted since 2011, and yet you have 44 retired for Little Brown Davis. And at one point in time, you're RBU, and now you can't get a running back taken in the seventh round. That's pretty wild. But the quarterbacks... They are not being helped out by this system for their NFL aspirations. They're just not. It's not a coincidence that you haven't had a quarterback taken since Nassib. It's not a coincidence that Eric Dungy wasn't drafted despite how good he was in college. It's not a coincidence that Eric Dungy fell flat on his you-know-what when he was trying to make it in the NFL as a quarterback and had to move over to tight end in Bengals camp. It's not because Eric Dungy isn't your prototypical NFL pocket passer. The NFL is filled with atypical run-first quarterbacks. So don't, don't misconstrue this. Eric Dungy failed because of the system and because of how he was growing. He had all the talent in the world. He had the intangibles. NFL teams will make room for a guy like Eric Dungy if they know that he can do what is required. Didn't happen. So we'll see. Quarterbacks are obviously in high demand, so if you don't have a quarterback taken, if you don't have a quarterback signed, then you're doing something wrong. Receivers, yeah. Um, Okay. Tristan Jackson left early, so if he stayed another year after his... He only played one year transferring from Michigan State. If he stayed another year, I think he's getting drafted, but he left and he signed a free agent deal with the Rams, and now I, th- I think he's still there. We'll see. He's kind of fallen into this NFL abyss. But it's no secret that Syracuse has dried up in the NFL draft, and especially true on the offensive end. And that's bad. That is something that needs to be evaluated and picked apart because how are you going to get a recruit to sign on and go to Syracuse, the cold place, to pursue his NFL dream if it's not exactly a uh, 
a past that is substantiated with evidence, recent evidence. And 2014 is not extremely recent. Sooner rather than later, Dino Babers is going to go into a living room and players are going to say, quarterbacks especially, are going to say, huh, Ryan Nassib who? Who's that? I bet you there are already high school players that don't know who Ryan Nassib is. That's not crazy. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good in the NFL. But you can't use that. So you have nothing to use. So you better turn it around quickly before this becomes a legitimate staple of the Syracuse identity. A place where NFL dreams go to die, especially on the offensive side of the ball. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to for your local chain and your auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I have no idea. And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Heck no. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Now, there are a few things you have to know. Rock Auto is going to save you time and money. Why choose to spend 30, 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Example, my Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. Now, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and prices reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And it's very easy to use. Just go to their website, rockauto.com. Now, how did you hear about us? Just just, just let them know. rockauto.com right now. Hop on your phone and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about, about us tab. And that's how you know that we sent you. And you're going to get amazing offers, amazing prices, and reliability from Rock Auto. Can't speak highly enough of Rock Auto. Now it's time to shift our focus to name, image, and likeness. And I hope no one here is thinking, oh man, here we go again, name, image, and likeness. I get it. It's exhausting. I don't think any fan wants to really worry about it unless it's helping them. Because we're not fans of players because they get sponsorship deals. No one likes LeBron because he has that commercial where he talks about sleep. That happens, right? I think. I think that happens. LeBron has a Gatorade deal. No one likes LeBron James because he has a Gatorade deal. People like LeBron James because he wins games. Because he's LeBron James. So no one cares about college basketball players unless they're... Uh, rather their name, image, and likeness, unless they're going to your school because of name, image, and likeness. Well, Bill Self, reigning national champion of the Kansas Jayhawks head coach, Hall of Famer in his own right, says NIL is now out of control. He doesn't like it. He likes it in principle, but it's the wild, wild west, and he does not like it. Says it's bad, says players are leaving for the wrong reason, says that the transfer rules, he's kind of like a get-off-my-lawn-old-man-right-now. That's how he sounds. 
transfer rules and NIL. You can leave whenever you want because of NIL. He wants players to work through their problems at the school that they choose. Makes sense. As a coach, why wouldn't you? Now, is he right? Is NIL out of control? Heck yeah. Yeah. We don't know how it's regulated. We don't know what the best way to regulate it is. We don't even know all the people involved in maintaining control of NIL. Question is, is that a bad thing? It's not two wrongs make a right, but sometimes you need an extreme to get to the middle ground. If you're negotiating with someone and you want, let's say, five of something and they want to give you one, you offer ten, you ask for ten, they say, heck no, and you say, I'll meet you in the middle five, and they say, fine. That's what a negotiation is. So the players are now basically negotiating leg room and wiggle room in NIL. So let the players have the wild, wild west for one or two or even three years. Let it be a disaster. Let it blow up in teams' faces. Let it blow up in players' faces. Learn from the experience of your predecessors. Let high school kids see the mistakes. And let high school kids decide who they want to be in college. Do they want to be the guy who makes a few thousand more dollars, leaves for a school, and maybe takes away his opportunity to stay at a school like Kansas and maybe earn more in the NBA? That's the thing, is that there's a difference between earning money and earning money for the future. Investing in your right now, investing in the present, or investing in your future. There's interest if you stay at a school like Kansas. Bill Self is going to get you to the next level. Bill Self is going to make you a better player. And if you're a better player, at the end of the day, talent wins. So do you want to be the guy that signs a $30,000 NIL deal, or do you want to work on your game at the school that you chose with the coach that trusts you and wants you, get better, and then earn a $3 million NIL deal? That's your choice. But I think Bill Self is that get-off-my-lawn guy right now, and we all have to let him be upset because we're all upset because we have a lot of questions, and people don't like to be confused like this. I get it. But understand that NIL being all over the place is good long-term because eventually it's going to calm down, we're going to get a better grasp on it, and the NCAA is probably going to catch up too. I say probably because, well, it's the NCAA. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. By the way, we're going to have a lot to talk about in tomorrow's episode because the NFL draft starts tomorrow night. So tomorrow morning, well, that's really the last-ditch effort to get your Syracuse NFL draft fix. Now make your second listen on tomorrow's Thursday. Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, they bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan, Eric, great job, guys. I've been listening. Unbelievable coverage, and now I feel more informed. I'm going to flip the channel on tomorrow night. 
and I know what I'm talking about, and I know what I'm thinking, and I know what, what, what I want to happen as a Jets fan, as a New Yorker. So big shout-out to those guys for making that possible. All right, Wednesday is in the books. Enjoy, everyone.